I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. We have another women's teams preview going through three of the strongest teams outside of SD Works, which we dropped last week. Those teams being Lidl Trek. Can we get some clarification, Benji? What is the official, I should ask a German probably, but yeah. what is Lidl? How do you pronounce Lidl? Is it Lidl, <laughs> not Lidl? Well, I am a West Flemish person. So when I say we go to the Lidl, I say... Oh, so you well, say like me. Uh, we say, well, hold on the Lidl. <laughs> oh, so mo- me and you are in accordance. Yes. And all the rest doesn't all matter, right? right? Exactly. Okay. Well, we don't. Lidl <laughs> sounds stupid. Scrap that. No outside fit. Yeah. Lidl <laughs> is so much harder to say. Like, yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll 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 take that under advisement. Maybe, but me and you are uh, in alignment on this issue. Uh, we'll be going through them as well as Team Movistar. They obviously had the maybe the goat retire. Uh, so that's a big transition period for them next year. What changes does that mean for the team? As well as Canyon Shram, sort of the upstarts with a lot of, they got a lot of young talent. And some of that young talent is already performing at a very high level. 2023 was the first year we really saw them kick back up. They had won for a number of years and they're back winning. I expect that to continue. So we're going to go through these three teams. We'll start with uh, Lidl Trek. How was their 2023 season, Benji? I seem to remember this time last year, I was saying, oh, I think they can sort of be the rival to SD Works Pro Time. That didn't end up happening, but how was the season overall? Yeah, it's like, it was the team that in 2022, I would have indicated as the the rivaling team to SD Works, but whenever the transfer from Kopecky to SD Works hit before last season, I in my head just never believed that Balsamo could deliver the same level of backup to the other leaders. Does that make sense? As in, let's say you have a cobble leader, you attack with your cobble leader. Kopecky is significant with Wibus attached to that. So you got those two plus Volring. Uh, I was a bit less bullish than you might have been last year, but it's also I kind of expected them to do more regardless. As in 14 victories, that's still quite a bit of victories. And Across the board throughout the year, they had a solid season in GCs, I would say. Six Wilter wins only. I'd expect more, but we got to keep in mind, Alan Van Dijk is not riding. Balsam was injured for half of the year. I think she crashed in the, in the ride London Classic halfway through the season. She broke her left scaphoid and her left and right mandiba. Mambida? Is that, a, is that a part of a body? In mandibles in your jaw, I think. Yeah, that's what I meant. Close enough. I invented a body part. But anyway, <laughs> I would say that when it comes to those things, those victories, we're looking at Van Androoy stepping up. That's a big one. <laughs> first in Alfredo Binda, then first into the Lavanier, which is actually not listed as like a, a UCI victory for the World Tour team. But 
when it comes to all the other things, I'm, I'm seeing ELB. She won UAE Tour ahead of Gaia Realini plus a stage. She uh, got second at LBL. She got third at Flesh. Add to that that in Amstel, Van Android got third. Second, Brugge de Panne was Balsamo. So at the at the one-day races, they didn't win much, but they were close. And I feel like that's the same with GCs, right? Because Tour de France fun. I would say that for Longoborghini, getting third or podiuming is the best you can get going into it. So I wasn't expecting her to win. So her getting fourth is not necessarily a pure downside either. I would expect her to finish third, fourth, somewhere around there, somewhere between three and five position. And I feel like outside of the Tour de France Femme, they delivered similar results, right, Giro de la Vuelta? Yeah, I think so. And to your point on Longoborghini, don't you think she's... She reminds me of, uh, like, Stibar or someone that's really good in a strong system team, but okay. is... When you then pair her with other, like a, a good classic-y sprinter, she becomes even more lethal, where she can attack ahead and you have the sprinter sitting in behind. But then yeah, but without that, and, and LBL's a perfect example, she goes to the line with Vollering with no prospect of winning. But that, that she had to ride because there was no one behind. I agree with your take on Longoborghini, but I don't get the Stebar comparison. Oh well, if you put him as a sole leader in his in his prime, not on quick step. Yeah, yeah. He's but that's what a lot of quick step riders are in that era. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But he's, I'm just saying, like, not the best flight. Ah, best flight sprint. Anyone Strada? Um, did she want Strada? <laughs> uh, and, and obviously they had things like Ellen Van Dyke uh, went on maternity leave. Elizabeth Dyke, controversial, sorry, controversial. Elizabeth Dyke then uh, came back from maternity leave. Uh, and it was good. She did race. Yeah, yeah, she was solid. 40 Worlds. race days. Six. True. I didn't expect yeah. that, genuinely. But it's also especially, like. Especially when you look at the rest of her season. Uh, true. But it's also, I, I would expect her to have like a, a period where she needs to come back to the level to deliver at the top step. Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. coming sixth at Worlds Road Race, and that was a really hard race. That means that she can get to the level she was before in my head. And then. I, I said GCs, like four for Twitter France Fun, but third at Giro Don with ELB, once again, consistent stage win there as well. Third in GC at La Vuelta with Rialini, and that's with the, the weaknesses that Rialini has in her rider physique, as in on the sense, she's kind of fucked in echelon, she's kind of fucked. So she has to do it with the climbing, and that's also shown in Lavenir that she, if I recall, ended up losing from Van Am I stupid? No. I don't know if it was Realini. That was it. Probably not. Anyway, that putting that aside. Realini did too, Lavinier. Did yeah. she? Okay, yeah, then I might have been right. <laughs> she came third in GC. Van Android won. Yeah, I think Van Android and Van Empel did something on a descent somewhere yeah. and, and fucked her over. But anyway, Yoei Tour, 1 2, we said it already. Burgos, second in GC with Van Android. Is it me or has Van Android stepped up fully? Like, not just in individual races like Trofeo Binda, but also getting a podium at, was it? Amstel and then coming close in like Burgos and getting a bit closer in GCs. I feel like it's a serious step up and we need to start considering her as a an outsider for a big race next year. Yeah, and she's clearly no longer like that that young rider who comes to the front during a major classic and pulls on the front and then you're like, wow, they're it's so good they're pulling so deep into the race that yeah. you know they want to watch in the future. No, she's like now actually 
top five in those races and uh she's only 21 years old turning 22 in in a couple of weeks so i think yeah she's a huge huge talent when did she fully because she's been on track for a while Mm -hmm. 2021 she was most she did 40 race days i'm just trying to figure out when did she stop She's she's like CX properly, but I guess maybe she she still does it. Um, but yeah, big improvement last year, which is normal for a talented rider of that age. Uh, and they need her to kick on because I think in the Hill Classics, Longaborghini needs a bit of help. She needs Diagon to also uh, come back in full shape. But then still, I don't know how you beat Kopecky and uh, and Volering, but. What do you think they're missing, Benji? Do you think Balsamo, like she should have a comeback next year because she's not dotting this stat sheet with wins that I'm looking at. She didn't, sorry, she won one World Tour race, which was the Simac Ladies Tour Stage 1, but that was in September uh, in 2022 when they won 34 races, which was, by my maths, 250% more, or can I do maths, 2.5 times more. Uh, she won Ken Vavelham and Brugge de Pana. Do you think she can bounce back, or is the combination of the SD Works riders just too too strong in the classics? Like, because right now, Vibas looks as versatile in those races as Balsamo. Yep, if not more versatile, to be honest, in the last in the last year, and that makes it difficult. And that's what I kind of alluded to at the start of this podcast that. I don't see that at the moment. She needs to properly step up. And at the moment, I don't have that, that in view. So that doesn't mean she can't do it. But it's like, it's not just Weebus, eh? It's Weebus plus Kopecky and Volring, three of which are riders that are, that are better at what they do individually than what the riders at Shrek do individually. So Weebus is better than Balsamo in my head. Volring's better than Elisa Longoborghini. And Kopecky is better than any rider they have in their team when it comes to classics as well so that entire combination that's the difference it's not just it's not just one leader versus trek riders not that one trek rider is better than one of those leaders on on sd works it's also they need to step up all of them and it's like is it a weird comparison that i'm saying that the palmares of little trek on the women's side kind of reminds me of the the palmares of maybe bahrain on the men's side where they're very good when it comes to consistency in gcs and like Butrago getting a podium at, a, at an LBL at some point in previous years, that kind of stuff. That seems to me what the, the 2023 season of Little Trek is like. And what they're missing is victories. The yeah, they, just don't, they, don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of people with a fast sprint. And a lot of their best riders aren't that in Riolini, Longoborghini and, and Co. So with Balsama being off, that's, there's a lot of wins out the door uh but let's get into i mean yeah it's it was a big difference between their 2022 season and we've outlined the various reasons for that some outside of their control uh which might reverse back in 23 uh 24 rather some a function of team construction and the other team getting more dominant in a women's peloton but here are their uh transfers for 2024 uh out Taylor Wiles, who retired, she was a long-standing domestique, and Taylor Nib, also an American, who I don't, I don't know who she is. 
the research that I found was that she joined midway the season last year as a as a triathlete, an American triathlete, and she's gone again. So I, I was the same. I like I hadn't seen her them. in races, <laughs> so, and, and then suddenly, suddenly she was in the roster, and I only found out she was in the roster when she left. <laughs> so I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> but hey, hey, it didn't work out apparently because she's leaving. But I don't know what the reason is behind that. Anyway, those are the outgoing transfers and two outgoing transfers and six incoming transfers. That's that shows a team growth in the amount of riders in the team. Doesn't usually happen, but I, I guess on the women's side, it's more likely to happen because we see the rosters expand to try and be able to participate in all those races that are being made on the women's side, because there's a hell of a calendar at the moment. To be able yeah. to line up more than just the four riders that SD works sends sometimes. So Clara Caponi, number one, incoming. She's a FDG sprinter that's coming over. And it always felt like Caponi was kind of the the rider that at the Tour de France farm could end up finishing fifth or sixth in the sprint. I don't see it yet when it comes to going higher than that, but maybe a switch from FDG into a new environment can, can bolster her into something that better than what she was before. I feel like when it comes to her, her versatility, she's not the most versatile rider, but I remember her being present in the finals of an envelope in the past. So those smaller cobble classics that are sometimes won by sprinters, I would see Caponi also doing well. So it's kind of a second sprinter being added to the team. And maybe that will help with some smaller victories throughout the year, which I reckon they could use. Yeah, I think so. Like you just, as I said, we already said you need more sprinters. Like sprinters equal wins uh, if you send them to the right schedule. So I, I think she's not too bad, and yeah, I'm keen to see how she goes. But they needed someone of that profile. She's also the right age. She's 25. She had a good 2022. Maybe some bad luck or crashes in in 23. Uh, but she still came top 10 in Hanvelen. So like. You have to be a half-decent rider to do that. So I think that's a decent enough signing. But she's quite... Um, she doesn't have that like raw power, obviously, of, a, of a Vibas, but no one really does. I think as it, when I look at the overall team construction, and you're going to get into the young riders that are coming in in a second, but it's very... Uh, I don't know what the opposite of a bell curve is, but it's a bell curve. <laughs> so you know you've got a bell curve, right? And you have like a smaller distribution at the, at the tails and then more in the middle. It's like the opposite of that in that they An have inverted five bell 18, curve. inverted bell curve. They have five 18 year olds uh, who are joining. And then they have four riders over 34 uh, some, and some turning 37, which is, and, and all of those older riders are leaders. And I'm not saying women's, is different. We've seen with Van Vleuten. I'm not saying these riders are going to be washed in a year. In fact, I think Van Dyke is going to be very good again. Uh, and and Brand could still possibly win Roubaix, but it's just, that's the distribution of their team with the super young riders coming in, like 18, yeah. and then some of the older leaders, will they be there in three, four, five years? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, whereas the middle sort of 23 to 28, uh, I would say Balsamo is is the main rider in that category. Now, obviously, there as I repeat again, there are yep. exceptions. Like Brody's thirty two, but Brody's kind of 
like she started riding in world tour in 2020 so she still has some margin i think and she's still performing really really well and she was um aussie champ last year so that's something to bear in mind as well it's not the same as men's cycling but i think it's also worth considering as well like that's why i think capone is a decent sign but who are the young riders that i mentioned and alluded to coming in benji an australian starting off felicity wilson haffenden junior world champion time trial and she did that 17 seconds ahead of izzy sharp a british rider also 18 years old also joining little trek so they just signed the top two of that of that tt uh junior uh worlds but outside of that izzy sharp also won junior against Babelheim and was fourth at the junior alfredo binda so it's uh, a bit of a classic slash one day racer i uh i don't know the profile of alfredo bindo by heart alfredo binda by heart where the the junior race that is because i reckon it's still a relatively punchy race so it's a bit of a combination of those two cobble punchy in Gendwevelgem and relatively punchy in uh alfredo binda there and then we go to the rest of the riders we have fleur morse uh she's uh won the junior european championship so they're just signing whoever does well in the in the Continental and World Championships, which usually is a solid indicator of how good a cyclist is. And Fleur Moore is also what pretty Trek good. Always at... does. Yep. Fleur Moore is also pretty good at CX. So that's also an added bonus for uh and she's Belgian. That's 50 watts extra at every race she's at. So that's important to uh oh god, is it Canadians? Am I being stupid? I think it's Canadians, right? Ava yes, Holgren? That's yes. The, that's the that's the flag of Canada, yeah. <laughs> of Canada. Canadia, yeah. <laughs> Ava and Isabella Holmgren. Uh, I think Ava's better, but I'm not sure. As in, Ava podiumed. I don't know why I know this because I don't actually follow CX, but I knew that she actually podiumed a, a CX race, Trophée Bau, uh, X2O Trophée, uh, in CX behind Van Empel and Brand, which that sounds relatively competitive to me. And I think Isabella got nine for something in that race. So they're pretty okay in CX, apparently pretty talented at the age of, uh, I reckon also 18. I think they're twins because they're both born on the 22nd they're of twins, May. Yeah. Unless their, their mom was, I don't know how that would work. That's impossible if they're not twins. So <laughs> this is going into a biological question. I think, I think Isabella looks better. No? Really? She beat her in the T uh, Canadian Junior TT champs. Maybe it's a discipline thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, they're joining. Uh, they're also super young. And they, I think, are more going to be GC riders, if I had to had to guess. they One of the most important junior races, well, not important, but like had a strong start list, is the, I'll try to pronounce it, Fiskaiko Loriac. Yeah, it's a Basque <laughs> uh, junior stage race. And that was won by Julie Bego, who's like hugely touted prospect. Um, She's joined the Cofidis team and she's like, she's a gun. <laughs> she won World Champs Junior Road Race uh, two weeks after that. And Kat Ferguson was second, who's also a gun. So that is, uh, Isabel Holmgren was good there. And I think Ava came like 12th or 15th or something. So I think they're more stage races. Okay. And as a list of incoming transfers, so a, a very big focus on youngsters, which I think is good. I like that. And it's also, Clara Coponi strengthens the side of the team that needs strengthening. And when it comes to the other part of the team, let's be honest about it. It's like they have the riders to be able to perform better than they did in 2023. 
So it's just about getting the riders that didn't ride, like an Ellen Van Dijk to, to perform after her maternity leave. Because let's be honest about it, if she's at the Tour de France Femme and there's a time trial, she's likely to win that time trial. So it's, it's all that kind of stuff uh, combined with, with uh, Balsamo coming back, with all, all those riders uh, riding at form again, dying in as well. That could deliver, but are they going to upset SD Works necessarily? I don't see it right now. So, but that 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 brings the question to me. There's loads of people out of contract. Their contracts in women's cycling are shorter. They're lengthening a bit. And then we now see longer contracts for Van Empel, for example. But I was looking into uh, the the contract situation at SD Works as well, and they're just half their team is on is on sale. That's that's a weird way to say it, but. Also their leaders, right? Because that's something we didn't really stamp on, but Polring, Kopecky, Royster, all out of contract next season. Let's get an investment fund together, Benji. <laughs> like, the ROI's got to be good. Yeah, I, I, I would so. pay. I would pay Volering one and a half million, two million. And then fill the rest yeah. of the team up with 18-year-olds yeah, with 50 kilo 18 year olds who can ride five watts per kilo. <laughs> and then you just literally walk to the base of the Mount HC climbing the tour. I say, Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, if there's <laughs> echelons, <laughs> all your domestiques are gone. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Volling. <laughs> she's so strong. She, like, unless they stop for a pee break and have a coffee for two minutes and then complain a mob yeah. star. Like, they, they, can we just go about it? What were they thinking? <laughs> the whole team, they threw that. Um, but yeah, I think Volering is like, she's she's better than she even showed in the tour last year. Because yeah. if they'd actually had riders to like Fisher Black to nuke the Tourmalet, she could have won by, I don't know, a lot. Yeah, uh, that's by the by. Uh, it's but yeah, Trek. I mean, yeah, Trek or Longo Borghini. You got Balsam on the contract. I think I just there's no way that I can see Van Dyke, Dagen, and Sprat changing team at this point. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's really whether they want to continue uh, uh, for another couple of years. Uh, Backstead's an interesting one, Benji. Wait, she... Is she... You reckon she goes to Canyon Shram? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I don't mean, know how much... You can speculate. I will speculate that I don't know how much your parents matters in your transfer. For Zoe, it mattered. Yeah. I mean, so that's... I wouldn't be surprised if she went to Canyon Shram. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this year, she's one of the youngest... Uh, the youngest rider out of contract. Wait, uh, there's another one on Unox, no? Am I stupid? No, that's Barker, right? Eleanor. Jesus. <laughs> Nearly. Um, okay. What do we expect from them in 2024, Benji? We've said... Uh, they've got a lot of young talent coming in. What do we expect from them? I, I would set a goal as winning winning the Tour de France Fam Queen stage and okay. third on GC with Gaia Riolini. I think podium I think that's every, a good goal. Podiuming every of the big stage races, so every one of the what you can, could consider the Grand Tours. Um, How are they going to do and, that? Well, they, they podiumed two of them this year with Rialini and the ELV, so it's only about getting closer to the France Femme. True. 
So, and I think Riolini is writing all three of them according to her temporary schedule, which could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in addition to that, I would say more victories and winning a classic outside of Alfredo Binda. Winning two classics, fuck it. Two World Tour level one day races. So like that yeah. includes Plouet, that includes everything Hill Classic. Because like, or you, yeah. Are we expecting Van Dijk to show up for the Tour de France farm knowing she's gonna focus on the Olympics ITT? Ah, uh, yes, because it's after the Olympics. So she will do the TT first, then go to the Olymp uh, then go then go to the Tour de France. Yeah, I would. Think. And it's not like the Omnium, which is which means that the traveling makes it difficult. Don't know what an Omnium is, but I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> is that some sort of Pokemon? <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, I think I think twenty twenty wins over twenty wins is like has to happen, and also I don't know how many world over ten world tour wins. I think as well. So they have to, they just got to win more and be better, uh, and also then sort of less objective results would be developing Izzy Sharp. Can she immediately yeah. step in and be a, a, not a co-leader, but doing being involved at the pointy end of, of major cobble classics? Uh, the Holmgren twins, how do they go? Can they be a good climbing support for uh, Riolini or ELB? All of those things, uh, as well as, you know, Balsamo, I think getting her back on the level has got to be like the one of the most important things for the, them this year. She's signed through the end of 26, and um, yeah, she kind of had a, uh, an unfortunate year last year. That's got to be one of their their big big goals. Uh, that's Trek Benji. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Let's move on to Movistar now, uh, who also, I think, no, not also, I think they had a really, really good year, uh, and it wasn't just AVV as well. How was their season, their second best team in women's cycling? Honestly, if you take a look at their season, they have 20 victories, nine of which are World Tour victories, six of which are Annemiek van Vleuten of those World Tour victories. So if we then look into what they won. You said it, Van Vleuten didn't necessarily have the best Tour de France femme. Her GC fell through, relatively, and stage-wise she didn't win a stage. It was Norsgaard and Lippert, Norsgaard in that, uh, in that attacking move, and Lippert in that, um, that little uh, sprint against Kopecky, where Kopecky then said she had a flat tire that didn't fully look like a flat tire. I think it was that day. <laughs> but <laughs> Jakobsen. <laughs> Flat tire gate. <laughs> Jakobsen is Jane. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jakobsen, Jakobsen, they keep installing chain catches on his bike. He's got four chain catches around his, his front derailleur. And he just, he keeps, he's like, he keeps dropping his chain. It's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, 
They won La Vuelta and Girodon with AVV. La Vuelta was the famous P-gate that we uh, hinted at earlier already. But um, outside of that, Girodon with AVV, like, if following is not there, I expect AVV to win GCs. Yes, but I feel like it, it was a bit closer this year. Well, there was a second rider who dropped her on a mountaintop finish this year, not just following. Niedermeyer? Riolini. Oh. On, uh... What did Niedermeyer do against Tom Vleuten in the Giro? I can't remember if that was... Uphill? Uh... But anyway, like... It seemed like the difference was a bit closer between her and the other riders. Maybe her level stayed the same, and I think what actually happened is others came up to the level or closer to it. Uh, But still, she won all these races, and when you look at like if you look at like the power data compared to her and Vollering and mm-hmm. uh, as an overall rider with the TT and the sprint, for her to win two of those major stage races with Vollering out one of them, really, really impressive. And I think that goes to, I think like the best stage racing team in terms of tactics mm-hmm. is probably Movistar women's team in terms of like Getting rulers like Bianich around a leader, protecting them, identifying crosswinds, like so, sort of the GC focus. I think they're really, really good at. Um, yeah. So not, if you don't, if you don't have the legs, it doesn't matter in the end. But um, I think they had a pretty good year. It was also good to see Norsgaard win a major race because she's always been like quite close, and then she she didn't really like kick on to be like like Balsamo did in the classics, you know, and. Yep. At least for her to win in in the break were was really really good. I don't know. Uh, I feel Lippet, like Lippet as well the same way. I feel like Nordsgard was more going to be like a Kopecky in the early parts of her career. Yeah, me too. Because I I never believed in the full out sprint, or I expected her to be like the the BTEC sprinter, the Kopecky kind of sprint. Because Kopecky's not the fastest sprinter. Let's be honest about it. Wibbs is, and Kopecky gets four four fifth in like a pure sprint, roughly maybe fifth here and there. But that's the same for Nordsgard and. That's how I viewed that, and I expected her to be better in a Roubaix, for example, those type of races, but she's had some bad luck in those, but you're right, she stepped up with a Twitter front stage victory, and that's a, that's a big victory, and it's also that even with Van Vleuten not winning, she's still close, and I think we were mostly a bit, um, not negative, but we, we noticed that she wasn't at her best during the, the Cobble and Hill Classics, mostly. Because there she was at moments just not as competitive and she would drop earlier than usual. And then eventually she got back to level four, well, relatively back to level, because I feel like we never really saw the, the best von Vleuten in 2023, I would say. So, but that, but that being said, we're going from their results, which was a season where I agree would be a, that's still a good season, but they would probably would expect it to be podiuming the Twitter fonts from at least. And then you look at the yeah. transfers and there's one outgoing transfer and let's be honest about it, it's a huge one. Because Annemiek van Vleuten is leaving the team, she's retiring and to go over her palmarès for a second here, I've got it in front of me, two world championships, road race, 2022, 2019, two ITTs, 2017-2018, times the Giro d'Italia Don Juan, three times the, the Vuelta, Two times RVV. She won La Course twice. She won the Tour de France Femme last year. 
She won twice LBL, twice Trari, 16 Girodon stages. That's... I don't know how close that is to Voz. I think Voz is almost at 100. Nah, probably like 30 or something, if I recall correctly. But it's also a, a different type of rider. I, I will never have the, the answer to this, but... Who in your eyes is the GOAT? Voz or Van Vleuten? Uh... Like just personal preference, not based on me like scrolling through and doing like a objective comparison side by side. I always prefer. At this Vol. very moment, in these three seconds that I give you, what name oh. comes up if I tell you goat of cy women's cycling? Voss, but in reality, that's more a personal preference. But uh, I think for me, von Vleuten comes up. Yeah, I think the stage race. I always, I think stage races are more important and GC is more important. But, so it goes against what I actually think is more what I feel. But I know that it's probably Voss more than Van Vleuten because I, I'm just, I've just watched most women's races in the last five-ish years. And that's yeah. post-Rio when Van Vleuten yeah. hit the deck but was fucking good afterwards as well. So Luke screaming anti-Dutch bias regarding our answers to that one. Um, what do you mean? It's a joke. They're both Dutch. Oh. <laughs> Like, joke was horrible. Like, like every fucking good rider in cycling. Um, <laughs> except Kopecky. Except Kopecky. And who's world yeah. champion? Not a exactly. Dutch rider. Sm smoked him. <laughs> smoked him. Uh, okay. Get fucked, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <that's impressive. laughs> uh, but yeah, as I said, it was. Uh, I think they had a pretty good season. Uh, I Maybe the Classics team, not maybe the Classics team was not as good uh, in terms of results, but. Pretty good season, obviously missing a sprinter, but I'm pretty sure uh, Telefonica in their sponsorship contract with Movistar for both the men and women's race, they're not really allowed to sign sprinters. Got to be GC and some versatile riders like uh, Norsgaard. Okay, and Lippert. Lippert was good as well. Uh, transfers. Uh, I've got some, some funny news for you, Benji. They, they've also signed identical twins. Uh, the Holmgren, <laughs> Holmgrens are not as identical. The Ruiz Perez sisters they are identical uh as well like if you look at their pcs photo it's like it's hard they could do a Yates. To them. it's yeah man they they are really identical uh they're 19 they uh luthia was the is the better rider i think she which is really well oh, did pretty well in the Spanish uh, national sort of level races, uh, but that was where she was, I think, riding against uh, older riders some of the time uh, because they were uh, obviously, yeah, she had like a pretty hard calendar. I think she was first yeah. year U23 last year, so that's a difficult year to actually perform well, and she was pretty decent. They've signed in, they're both Spanish, obviously. Um, and so we'll see how they go. Uh, but the big, big signing is uh, Kat Ferguson. Where is that showing? Yeah. That is not even on the list. <laughs> but that is a big signing, actually. It's because she... Oh, it's, it's not showing because she's joining as a trainee in, in August. Yeah. Because she's 17 now. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they're going to get 12-year-olds in these bloody World Tour teams. But she is joining from August. She um, 
was at their training camp already, if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure I saw Movistar tweeting that she's she's present there. So is that child labor? I don't know, but I'd look into it. Anyway. Um yeah, she's good at. Eh? She's a beast. She won Tour of Flanders Juniors. Uh she won the final stage in Mond of to the Gouverneur Occitanie, uh, where she, although she was beaten in the in the first stage by Julie Bego and uh, Venturelli, who I mentioned Bego already in this podcast as a big prospect on Cofidis. Uh sixth at Rafa Lincoln Grand Prix, which I think is like open. Uh, maybe it's U23, but I'm pretty sure it's open. Uh, second at Canvevelhem, one Binder. Uh, as well, just like second in that Biskai Loriak, Biskai Koloriak, uh, Basque race, she is like she was one of the most hotly contested riders to sign to get her signature. She's on a three and a half year deal, including the six months this year. Good. So that's a long Neo Pro contract. Um, good sign and, for the for the women's side of cycling because yeah. it's been years where. There were one-year contracts everywhere, so it, it, more and more riders are getting four-year contracts, three-year contracts, and I think that's good in ev evolution because it's not only job security, but it also shows that there's more sponsor security for teams, no? Exactly. Um, or they're risking go it. Out <laughs> no, I think I think it's, I think they're doing the right thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, she's. She's like a big, big prospect, and I think that's yep. they're thinking she's the replacement for Van Vleuten or could be uh, in the future. Uh, otherwise, they sign uh, Olivia Barril from ADQ, Benji, also from the Mystery Nation. Uh, what do you think about that signing? The Mystery Nation of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she's a pretty versatile rider, if I recall correctly, but I also see her being the bit of a... It's difficult because she was third, seventh, and fifth at stage in Itzulia, which means you can properly climb yeah. fourth in GC. But I still need to need to be sold that she can be, if she's GC leader at any race, I think it's at the the smaller World Tour races. Because at the I, moment I, I see her good. as a supportive rider to Lippert at at races and so forth, that kind of stuff. Am I underrating yeah. her? Uh, she looks like a pure stage racer to me. Um, and I think it's, she's 26, was on, uh, UAE for one year. I got a one year after she was on Valkar, um, first year in world tour, already winning races, already top, yep. you know, as you said, that Basque result is good. So I think I'll surprise UAE didn't extend her. Maybe Movistar had more money too, but, uh, she... I think that's a good signing. She's good. Uh, Claire Steele's also came from... I always say it as... I always say Steele. Like she's Tom Steele. She's British. Claire Steele's. Uh, she came over, has come over from uh, Israel on a three-year deal. Uh, at She just turned 37. But the reality is... Last year was her first year in World Tour. So like... Fact. She, there's probably still margin for her to improve. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. And she's also, I feel like she's always performed better than I initially expected her to do, like top 20s in GCs and Hill Classics, that's on point. And I just wanted to say, did you know that it's not actually Tom Steele's? 
What, what do you mean? That's not it's his Tom name. Stales. Tom Stales. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. Now it had me even more confused. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also have like, I have a lot of mental notes this year about Claire Steeles, where, yeah. uh, sorry, Claire Stales, uh, where she, she like was really strong in particular races, was out in front and then sort of got swamped at the end or, or got rolled in the sprint and maybe her PCS doesn't show it. I feel like I have a lot of those mental notes from, uh, from last year. So I'm keen to see how she goes. Big vote of confidence in her. It was a three-year deal. And so Movistar building uh, for the future once again. And as I said, it's GC-focused yeah. with, I think, all of four, all five of those riders, Beryl Steele's, uh, Ruiz Perez sisters, and Ferguson. Ferguson maybe more Cobble Classics or Hill Classics as well. Um, but I think it's all GC, really. Yeah, but... Is it a hopeless attempt at replacing Von Vleuten in the aggregate, which will never happen? Uh, I mean, I guess they, ha to, to your point, Ben, I mean, there's no rider like, like Van Vleuten on the market. So there's right. no, it's not like we say, oh, why didn't you pay all the money for Van Vleuten 2.0? Well, they, I think they thought they had Van Vleuten 2.0, and her name is Sarah Giganti. We haven't mentioned that. What yep. happened there with her and Movistar? She's, uh, they reached an agreement, seems very cordial, the agreement to, to break the last year of her contract. Goes to AG Insurance, first, first race uh, outside of Natty Champs, wins TDU. Now, I know it's TDU, but still wins on Wollonga, uh, which is by far her, well, yeah, it's her, it's her biggest win by far. Um, and whereas on, on Movistar, it just didn't work for a variety of reasons. And so and why, why, like, it can't just be, like, if she just had health issues, then Movistar would be like, that's fine. Stay with the team. Like, mm -hmm. we'll just support yeah. you through that and continue the project. You're only 23 years old. It must be something outside of that. That made her want to change teams, and then now she succeeds straight away. It's probably a combination of both. The words that she said around was it STDU or the Australian champs? Uh, probably STDU. I think she said along the lines of it just wasn't really the best fit for either of us, which is a line that suggests to me that there's more at hand than just the injuries and so forth, which is a shame. Let's hope it's nothing too bad on either end and that. They relatively mutually agreed on this departure. Um, yeah, I, I can't say much more with it without actually knowing the facts behind the scenes, you know, because like, could be anything. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that's a big, a big sort of problem if she does turn into be the next Van Vleuten replacement. Yeah. And I think there is the possibility that she can be at least a, a definitely a top three climber in the world, even this year you know, that they've let her go. Uh, but if, if she wants to leave and it wasn't working, then what can you do? Uh, 2024 expectations for Movistar Benji with, with the GOAT leaving, replacing her results seems implausible. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think they should shoot for? And the crazy thing is that I reckon they got the most out of the Tour de France from in 2023 already without necessarily having Von Vleuten 
as the all-rounding factor in that. So I reckon it's going to be hard to do better than the 2023 Tour de France and 2024 the Tour de France film. I think... Um, winning La Valle to Girardon, not happening with this team. So stage wins would be the focus, I reckon. And trying to win a classic with Lippert is always going to be the goal. Is her chance improving, knowing Van Vleuten is not in the team? I'm not so sure about that. Because we've been should. on both sides. We've been on both sides of the, like, the argument, I reckon, over the last few years. I think when there's a mixed finish, she clearly mm -hmm. gets more of the green light. Because, like, they, are, they would be sprinting against each other sometimes. So, I think when there's a sort of 3k, 5% finish, yeah. or 2k, 6% finish, Lippert is yeah. clearly, like, that's her stage she goes through. And uh, GC, too, you know? Because, like... She doesn't have the climbing. She kind of has and to. Put, and they're putting serious climbs in, in races, in all the races nowadays, which is yeah. good. Um, uh, I, I see her as more of a puncher still. Damn. I'm not think saying that shoot... she can't get seventh or so at the Tour de France farm, yeah, but yeah. you don't go out of bed for the seventh place at the Tour de France farm. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Quite a few riders will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they should shoot for 15 wins and uh, seven World Tour wins. I know that's still pretty close to the nine they have. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be a lower quality World Tour wins, but I think yeah. they can still shoot for seven. They're still one of the best teams in the women's uh, peloton. And then obviously developing not just the, just the riders they're coming in, and I'm still going to classify Claire Steeles as a prospect, Varela as a prospect, uh, yep. even though they're not 19. Uh, I think developing them, seeing what they can get out of them. Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe they think Steeles is Van Vleuten. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't seen her data. Um, I do but, expect her uh, to have a step up, knowing she came yeah, from Israel. No offense to Israel Kogis, but that didn't seem like the top world tour team. Yeah. Um, they look like maybe, they got maybe their not. license with their cereal. Maybe, yeah, true. That guy. They auditioned them out uh, two years ago, and then they're going to relegate the teams. Like, maybe don't expand it and yeah. contract it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe she doesn't have margin. Maybe she's been self coached and riding super professionally for like five years. I don't know. Uh, that's the Movistar preview onto Canyon Shram 2022. Just to remind you, uh, this team, whilst maybe a, a fan favorite, and very mm -hmm. active in uh, a lot of, yeah, like a lot of races, the Hill Classics, won a single race in 22. Not a typo, single race in 2022, which is a 1-1 one, one, uh, in, in Durango in Spain. So what like that's where they were coming from. Yeah. Now they're a different place. 2023, eight victories. Three of which are World Tour, and they are of a relatively high level, I would argue, because number one, to the front stage with Ricarda Bauernfeind. Number two, to Rodon stage with Antonia Niedermeyer. And they are of high level, those races, knowing that these were two talents that everybody saw coming from their Canyon Shram generation team, their development team that they have under them. They brought them forward to their 
for their World Tour team. And even before that step happened, you knew that Baron Fine was extremely talented, that Niedermeyer was extremely talented. I was speaking to um, Adam Zabo, which is part of the, the staff of the, the Generation team. I was speaking to him and Daniel uh, two weeks ago. And Ricarda Baron Fine on the, on the first training camp, I reckon, that she was on with the World Tour team. She was already the second time, I think, Apparatus behind Volring or something. So <laughs> they already knew she had something special in her and clearly delivered with those two. But it's also, there's still more in it in my head. If they can win stages, pardon, find a breakaway stage, which I would have reckoned I saw her as a, as a GC potential in the future. And Niedermeyer, same thing. She then ended up crashing during the Giro, I think, after her stage win if my memory serves me right, but it's such a shame because she's going to do amazing things if she can get to the level again after that injury, because those two can, those two are the potential German duo that could upset World Tour in the coming years, right? Yes, they're like the right, like size, age, already showing massive promise. Um... I'm really, I really, really hope they kick on. Uh, and like, yeah, Niedermeyer's what, 20 years old. Um, and, already... and she won a fucking Giro stage already. Yeah. Um, so, and that was, yeah, that stage was against AVV and Fisher Black. Oh. Um, it was a 25K solo. So, like, <laughs> big, big prospect. And um, they, they're sort of, they, they've, but they've always had a lot of young talent. Just some of it hasn't really, like they've had Nivea Doma there since 2018 when she was 24. Uh, and she did win the Amstel with them uh, mm -hmm. in 2019 and, and Binder. But then since, yeah, like she hasn't won since, she hasn't won since 2019. And I think for a rider of that quality, Top ten rider in the world in twenty three by points. Uh, you 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 need more. I think they need more wins out of out of someone like her. So it was a good season. They're back up with uh, some world tour wins and and eight victories. But I think, I think they still got to then go into twenty four thing. We got to convert some more yep. of these, especially with our top riders, uh, into wins, which is easy, easier said than done against SD Works because uh, Nivia Dome is kind of in that phase where she's too good to really farm just farm wins uh in other races but then you say oh what out of the grand tours why doesn't she go you know try to win romandy well yeah yeah well she did go to romandy she came second and volering beat her in the sprint on the mountaintop finish by two seconds like on stage stage two like well, what else what else is she supposed to do um and i think in the Tour de France fam is actually much better than we all probably expected of her. In fact, it was her heel classics that was maybe a little bit worse than expected. Um, yeah, and oh, sorry, go on. I want to add on to that also, like with Diger then winning a stage in the ride London, but outside of that, being such a, a talented rider, is just that her body keeps preventing her from delivering the results that we all expect her to deliver when she's actually in form. So uh, I'm also once again worried for the 2024 season, whether she's going to start the season in form, whether she's going to be able to deliver at the highest level because her body's preventing it at the moment. But I hope she has a solid season in that way that she can finally 
get free of that because she she her time trial world championships if she was actually sick which i wouldn't know why i would say that if if you're not then if you're not sick you could have won by even more which means that in other races this in 2024 if she delivers if she arrives at the highest level then she can also win loads of shit so it's kind of like and also well I you say Bauer that fine. but go ahead she well she should have won more like i swear she like she was so good in Burgos and Vuelta Femenina and then at the Giro she was really consistent, but like not finding a way to win. Like so many top tens, top fives, podiums in these stages. Is and I think she she was in this weird mode where she didn't know whether to go solo. Like in the Vuelta, she didn't know whether to go solo with three Ks to go, just ride everybody off her wheel, or hot or wait for the sprint, where she was also pretty good. And she kind of did both in a few of them. I'd excuse that to the fact that she might not have been adapted to the European racing style. Is that a thing? Is there a difference in the racing style between the limited American races that she did and the European World Tour races that she now has to show up for and deliver? Yeah, I mean, she's 27 now. Yeah, but... Like... I know, I know, but... She... I know, she, yeah, you're right. The, to your point, she had the crash and then probably just, like, trains a lot and... It's it's very different than going into into those races uh, if you if you're not used to used to the bunch. But yeah, it's a, uh, she's out of contract at the end of twenty four. Whether they re-sign her or not, uh, I don't know. Obviously, her overall four year deal with or three years so far with Canyon has been. Um, yeah, not it's, not been a it's not been a success. Like it was a disaster from the start. Uh where before she even raced, the sponsors <laughs> were like uh yeah, like cooking her on social media. I did a video about that. Um when it's like, well, this is you signed her, like this is who she was before yeah. <laughs> before you signed her. So I don't know why you you sign her and then be like, actually we disagree with everything she said. I, I would be like, well, why did you sign her in the first place then? Everyone knew about this. Um, <laughs> it's not been a success so far, but huge talent in terms of like, if you look at someone's two minute, five minute, if she must, I think she must have the highest compound score in women's cycling, which is like a five minute yeah. absolute power times watts per kilo of the five minute power and two minute and one minute and probably, yeah, she must Wells. have the highest. Who else could come close? Ah, uh, Vibas in the one minute and Kopecky, maybe Kopecky, 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 yeah, Kopecky would be the would be the closest. Uh, but I think even Diger, because mm. what Diger is the, I'm gonna now stop pretending like I don't know anything about track. Who's better in the individual pursuit? In the individual pursuit, does Kopecky do individual pursuit? She does points race. Know. She won points. She does Omnium. I don't think she does individual pursuit. So that yeah. would by default mean Dygert. Yeah, Dygert won the Worlds, I think, fucking with one leg last year. Um, and that's a, what, four minute, four and a half minute event for the women, 420. So yeah, I would say her compound score is the best uh, until Dygert, until Kopecky beats her in Paris in that event. Uh, although Kopecky wins on the road all the time. For the people that don't uh, so, know, why compound score? For the people that don't know. 
Why does it oh. matter? Oh, it's just like a one metric that is indicative of overall performance in in yeah. in cycling, in that many many races. Uh, maybe not that because that is a different. That's more a measurement, yeah. less of your uh, five. You know, less of a short duration power, but more of your threshold power. So, for example, like Volering will have a, a higher compound than Van Vleuten. Um, yeah. But Van Vleuten's threshold at peak might have actually been pretty close to hers. Uh, but it's just a lot of races are decided on your five minute power. Uh, hill classics, yeah. uh, basically sprints, even uphill sprints. Uh, on the flat, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with her this year. Obviously, the, the talent is there. Uh, what do you think about their transfers, Benji? Well, first of all, outgoing transfers, Sarah Roy and uh, Sarah Roy. I just pretend that she was Dutch for a second. Sarah Roy is <laughs> going to go for this. I don't think that... I, feel, I don't think Sarah Roy leaving will move the needle. She's had good years. She's been a solid rider as well at Canyon, but I think she's replaceable is what I'm trying to say. Paulina Royakens is a bit of an interesting one because 2022, she was bloody strong at races where she was better than Volring at a certain race, I reckon. And I reckon it was Flesh that she was really good, if I recall correctly. But she struggled to resurface that in 2023. She had some solid results, but nothing outstanding again. So I think 2023 Royakers is replaceable. 2022, you'd rather keep. And then we look at the incoming transfers, and it's just a rider that comes up from their from their development team. Justina Chapla is, I hope, the correct pronunciation from the Kenyan Tram Generation team. But I I don't know 100% what the the point of I I know that she's going to the Walter team, but I don't know what the argument was for doing that. As in, yeah, she's a solid rider. She's got no crazy results, though, that would shout, okay, she's, she's world tour level ready. So it's kind of like, uh, in my head, uh, okay, we want to get someone from our generation team into world tour, and she's the best candidate at the moment to do so. But not necessarily, would that rider show that she 100% deserves to be in world tour? That makes sense? Yeah. Um, but I guess... She's had some decent track results, decent TT and juniors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's not the results aren't jumping off the page uh, yeah, either. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, to your point. So uh, they still need sort of they still need domestiques and decent but riders. But is this the first team that lost strength in their? It's it's negligible in my opinion the strength that they lost, but lost. Oh riders... no, definitely Royakers. Royakas was what, one of their best five, six riders? Yeah. At least? Yeah. Meh, so. I don't know. One of the... They've got a few good riders now these days, but I somewhat agree. Sixth, probably? Yeah. Fifth? So, in terms of, like, Hill Classic support... Yeah, but she she's not a prolific winner either. Um, no. She won two races in her career uh, across uh, basically riding since... 2012 for Bulls Dominance. Uh, Dominance Bulls. So, what do we expect from 2024, Benji? I would reckon that I expect to step up from Niedermeyer and Baronfeind from being stage race riders to even better GC riders because whilst Baronfeind got that stage win from the breakaway, we can't forget that she was so consistent during that race that she ended up ninth in GC 
at the Tour de France Femme in her first year, which in my head shouts that if progress continues, fuck it, hot take. She podiums the Tour de France Femme next year, this year. Okay. Um, Together with Nivia Doma on the second step. That's a very, very hot take. <laughs> uh, I think Nivia Doma podiums the Tour again. I can't see her beating Volering. Yeah, uh, unless SD Works have a major issue. Uh, whether she beats Riolini but, or not, I think is pretty possible. I want the Riolini hot take. You want a Riolini hot take? Yeah. Well, I said she win the Queen stage, but that's not that hot a take. That's not that hot. Podium. Well, I think she'll be... A, I don't really have one. She's a pretty good climber who has severe limitations on the flat. And sometimes Drake make her be a domestique for riders worse than her. Hopefully that stops now. <laughs> um, Will she podium the Tour de France fun? Riolini? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riolini. The podium okay. will be Volering. Nevidoma, Riolini. Okay, yeah, my podium right. will be Riolini, Baron Find Volering. Man. I want the world to burn. <laughs> <laughs> if... They're just gonna attack Riolini on the on the descent. I want cyclismo, the, the first okay. Time. <laughs> yeah, Volring drops drops Riolini at the like, start of a descent. It's five minutes by the bottom. Her and Nivedoma <laughs> are just gonna drop her. Yeah, seriously, like it's. But they know what to do. Didn't Barnfind had the same issue in Valenciana? Am I stupid? I don't know. I vaguely remember something with Barnfind that was also like. Mm, yeah. Oh, they also had Shari Basoit. I forgot she was on this team. Yeah. So she's she out with the doping positive. Um, uh, she's still on the roster on the website? Yeah. So. But she's going to be suspended for two years, eh? Yeah, she'll be suspended for two years. So she also was like their best classics rider, no? 15th in Omlop, 5th in Bugapana, yeah. 10th in Gendwevelhem. So that's Mike also... Mike Dine was pretty good at... Can do him, but I think she, uh, uh, I, I, I know she broke her ankle because she was in the bike garage of the hotel I was in because Kenny Tram was staying there. She was doing like Zwift rides to get back into, and she was still limping a little bit, but she should be so back. She at, was third there. I don't know when she's back actually. I think, I think it was early March or something. Am I stupid? Yeah. When is that race? GP Utingen, when is that? I don't know when that is. Luke will know. You bet. Did you um, know that existed? Nope. Uh, but yeah, she, Micah Van der Duen looks like they're now their best classics rider for the upcoming year. But um, yeah. Whether how how a spring is affected, we don't know. Witten if you're I mean, RVV. Okay, RVV. Yeah, but like a handwave Nah, I don't see it. Uh, doing Correct. I think is better for that. Um, but yeah, that's they got long, young, promising riders. I think they got to go for ten wins, three world tour wins again. No, well, you think that's ten wins, five world tour wins. Okay, uh, and with the podiums, and then maybe one of the young Germans steps up even more. I think you're right. I think tw I think I'm gonna go for more. I'm going fifteen and 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 six. 15 and 6. Because, like, Diger... 17 and 7. Diger should be winning five races, like, this year. Um, I, so I don't have confidence that she will stay injury-free again. Injury-free, sickness-free, hot-take-free, 
um, in an Olympics year, there's a lot of things that are sort of, yeah, could go wrong. Um, yeah. With, with her, like how much will she be focused on cleaning MISC transition stages in the Giradonna? I was about to ask a really stupid question. Ahead of the, uh, the Olympics TT and Olympics on the track. For some well, reason, my head know. was about to ask the question, is America riding the Olympics? <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking it was like Eurovision or something. Is it an election year? Yeah. <laughs> what else is oh, going God. on? Is it an election yeah. year? 2024. I don't fucking when, know. When is U US election? American listeners probably like, how do is you not Is it Belgian know? elections? Do I have to uh, vote? Do you, do you have to vote in the American election? No, no, no. No. I'm living a in lot of people do on Twitter that don't live in America. Uh, I don't know what you do. You, do you have compulsory voting in Belgium? If I don't go, no. So it's not compulsory in Australia. We have compulsory voting. Yeah, I think vote. it was compulsory, but they did. They didn't do anything if you didn't do it. So, oh, okay. it's not really compulsory, is it? Uh, yeah, there's the United States primaries in 24. So, what does that mean? I don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> is that when the when <laughs> each party selects their leader? I th I think so. I don't. Yeah, I think so. But they also like <laughs> it's kind of like cycling because then they select their head candidate, their leader, and then they need to kind of get endorsements from their domestiques in the same party. Yeah. I think politics so. is like cycling. Cycling is like politics, yeah, as well. <laughs> But I'm, I'm expo exposing myself as like, I'm a very like, I focus on my narrow worldview of things that are within my control and affect me. So obviously I care much more about Australian and Andorran politics because uh, it affects that's where you. I, yeah, I've never <laughs> been to America. I've never been to America. Yeah, me neither. I wonder what it's like. Um, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care? Like, I, I'd like to go. I think we, sh we should, imagine if we would, American Benji. I don't really want. Don't you reckon? Well, don't you reckon the show would be bigger? Or maybe no. I reckon. I, don't know. I reckon the fact that you're Flemish and I'm sort of a neutral, not neutral. I'm a Australian. Is kind of like. You're a guest country. European, yeah, it gets more <laughs> of the Europeans on. Actually, we're not a guest country. We won the tour. Oh. When was the last time you won the tour? Long time ago, buddy. Cadell. Got a name Mate, race. Uh, you're you're name, talking a to a, a hardcore Kid Evans fan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I was a bigger Evans fan than you were. How many races in Belgium are named after former riders? A lot. Think about I that. I know. How many yeah. races in... Kid Evans Road Race. I know. Why is the Tour de not called... The Richie Port, the Richie Port Festival, Richie Port Festival of Cycling. <laughs> 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 All right, it's late at night, but Benji is. Uh, but that's food for thought. Maybe we Willing should go to Garen's. Don't you think that would be an interesting video? Me and you go to America for the for the first time, just chronicling that. And like, how long like, can we ride on a road? And the road on Strava just a straight road. A long time. I, I also I don't want to do that. I just I'm not doing. It wouldn't that be rude. Route sixty six or something, um, but I'll yeah, I'd have I'd have really big culture shock I think, um, in certain places. 
Would we end up at a casino, you think? A casino? Yeah. What do we do with Mauro Schmidt? <laughs> He'll go to Las Vegas. <laughs> Benji forgets to bring his podcasting equipment. And then I'm, I'm tweeting, what the fuck? We're supposed to be recording a podcast. This guy's at the casino. And then you show that the, they lost your baggage or something, and it was in there. No. <laughs> then, then I saw like a, show like a picture of my MacBook Pro, my MacBook microphone instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should do that. would be funny. Alrighty, we've reached the end. I hope you enjoyed this uh, women's preview Wait. of the other th other three major teams. Any last thoughts, Benji? Which team is the closest to beating Volring? I think it's Canyon Tram. I think it's AG Insurance Sudal. With, with Gigante, but you're Australian, Gigante, so I'll let you Gigante I'll let you have that one. I don't see I don't see the Germans or Nivea Derma beating Volring. I think they're currently the closest to her. But then if, if there was one person who took like a, just a monster step up, it would be Gigante. But... Uh, I see them so, by and find a Niedermeyer. I see that. Yeah. Maybe. I think they I are those three are the closest right now, but I think Gigante has the potential to move closer. I see that. I see the potential there too, but I need more than Twitter and Under to show me that. Yeah, yeah. And her watts, I don't think, were as good as uh, her previous time up Willunga uh, in terms of watts per kilo. Anyway, a lot to be excited about. Hopefully there's more of a, at least in terms of the GC races, people uh, battling SD Works Pro Time, but with the retirement of Van Vluten, I don't know. Certainly different names popping through. We've mentioned a lot of exciting names in this podcast from Ferguson, the Holmgren twins, uh, Izzy Sharp, uh, existing riders like Niedermeyer and Balan Find, and uh, sort of well-known riders like Steels or Barril, who I think can kick on as well. So I'm yep. really excited to see them all performing in, in a lot of GC races this year. The Classics... I'm skeptical about uh, the classics. I think that might be an SD Works monopoly yeah. uh, in Hill and Cobble Yeah, uh, <laughs> they just so they just announced they're sending the only thing for entertainment is them fighting each other. They're sending them yeah. all to the Hill Classics together, so that could be good. But uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the the podcast preview, and we'll see you with the first edition ever of our new weekly show on uh, Monday. Until then, ciao. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, in-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com retail23. Shopify.com retail23.